0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre recorded.
1: Team Hope is one of those rare organizations inspired by trust and hope. In this case, HOPE stands for Help other people everywhere. Team Hope was born in the same place many amazing and transformational people and things come from, adversity. Lefty, Tony, Todd were all dear friends facing something that changes everything forever, a possible life-ending sickness. And while many in our community gather round to raise a few bucks with this standard beef and beer in effort to support, in this situation, a handful of angels took a mighty different path. Lefty, Tony, and Todd had the good fortune of being connected with folks who somehow figured out that prayer is our secret weapon. And so it began. Team Hope has somehow managed to mushroom into a social media powerhouse. 22 separate gatherings over the years, having 900 praying together with only one purpose in mind. Help other people everywhere. Team Hope is all about game-changing moments that alter the course of the journey. Game-changing moments that impact the future of immeasurable ways. Like everything else on the Voices of Faith show, this is the stuff that matters. Keep trusting and hoping. Keep praying and loving boldly. Because it makes a difference.
2: From the Malinois. And Associate Law
3: Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your
4: faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us the right to hope. In collaboration
2: with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank, enjoy Voices of Faith.
5: Learn from your leaders inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The spiritual. Voices of Faith
6: begins right now. Oh,
3: what a great way to begin this month's edition of Voices of Faith coming out of Uh, Some Christmas carols from the Philadelphia Boys Choir, Jimmy Brown, and of course, uh, all year uh, since we began Voices of Faith. We've had uh, instrumental music from the Philadelphia Boys Choir, but man, can they deliver uh, when it comes into the holiday season. How are you, sir?
5: I'm great, man. I'm a beautiful morning here, um, and uh, you know, Joe, referencing back the Boys Choir... It's amazing to me that you have the kind of relationship with those folks to um, just, you know, pick up the phone and. Get them involved in the program. It's been a really nice accent to what we've tried to achieve this this particular year, and we get off the ground with voices of
3: faith. You know, we've made it to the month of December. This is uh, our holiday special, and for all of the uh, listeners from around the Delaware Valley uh, who have listened, um, who have used theater of the mind to absorb some of uh, the great messaging uh, that we've been able to deliver, Jimmy, I think some of the most powerful stuff comes when you sit down with the Archbishop we'll have a great session uh, that we did with the Archbishop, you and Archbishop Perez a little bit later on in the show
5: Yeah, and listen it's fascinating to me that a gentleman in that position, his leadership position he's got humility like uh, off the charts and Joe, it's inspiring to me to meet someone who has the authority to, let's say, um, behave like a big deal and yet have the humility to deliver the goods. I don't know, Joe, if I even share with you, Archbishop Perez was down in uh, Kensington last week uh, handing out the goods to those underprivileged people. Um, Karen Crane with her um, Mother of Mercy house, you know, uh, amazing. All the people that have contributed to the program.
3: This is Voices of Faith, as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. uh, We're the first to wish you a very happy holiday and a very spiritual holiday season, a very trying time right now, Jimmy Brown, for uh, the Catholic Church as they struggle to uh, prepare to deliver Christmas services and try and figure out how to get people uh, engaged just because of everything happening uh, with COVID-19. But
5: you know what's really fascinating about that, Joe? Uh um, what strikes me is I think the church has done a fantastic do job of yep. accommodating people. In other words, if you want to attend a particular location, go for it. If you want to enjoy services, um, you know, in a Zoom uh, setting, that's delivered as well. I. It's funny to me, Joe, and before we actually arrived here, we discussed the concept of is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? And, you know, me personally... I'm inspired by what's going on right now in our community. Of course I could find a few things that are going sideways, let's say. That's not my agenda. I'm not going to focus on that. It just, it, there's no benefit. There's no upside in any way, shape, or form with that kind of an attitude.
3: There's a message that is always delivered uh, from the Catholic Church at this time of the year. Uh, live the words of the gospel every day use words if necessary, and I think that's a great way to describe uh, our guest, our very, very special uh, guest, kind of a gentleman who doesn't use a lot of words, and here we get an opportunity to feature him uh, in a show that's titled Voices of Faith.
5: Oh, my God, yeah, you know, it's fascinating, you know, preach often if necessary, use words, Um, St. Francis, it's funny that you should reference that because um, it's one of the thought processes that our youngest son, Jack, Always thought that uh, Greg Webster, our special guest this particular moment, um, as a basketball coach, uh, <laughs> my son used to criticize me. You know, he said, oh, God, Dad, you're always doing this and screaming that and da, da, da And Mr. Webster just brings it down to the simplest form and delivers the good. So he took a shot in the gut from my uh, my little uh, young man back in the day, you know, the grade school, let's say high school basketball team. But, yeah, just to reinforce your thought process there, Joe, that's, uh, that's uh, an observation that not only you have made, but many others along the, uh, along the way in my relationship with Greg Webster. I'm pretty excited about today.
3: And you'll hear a lot of voices in our uh, show today on Talk Radio 1210. Greg Webster being one of them. Back in a moment.
0: Thanks for listening to this holiday edition of Voices of Faith, presented in part by Givnish Funeral Homes, LaSalle University, First Trust Bank, and our good friends, Angelo Valletta and Eustace Mita.
7: The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia is your go to resource for Catholic philanthropy. An independent nonprofit working to grow philanthropy according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, their foundation is grounded in the principles of faith and service. CFGP meets the diverse needs of donors and Catholic institutions alike by providing a full range of expert fund management, fundraising, and development services that help secure bright futures for the Catholic ministries you care about. Steward your philanthropy as you intend or raise the funds needed to help your ministry grow and thrive. Both services work together to secure a future for faith, and that future starts with you. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia will help you fulfill your charitable purpose because at the heart of charity is love. Learn more about how the Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia can guide you. Visit thecfgp.org or call 215-587-5650. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of faith celebrate a real bright spot in our archdiocese. Mother of Mercy House in Kensington, inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ, and his church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Leah Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant, God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org.
3: And welcome back, everyone, to Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's our holiday special edition of uh, Voices of Faith. Jimmy Brown bringing good cheer to everyone around the Philadelphia region.
5: Amen. It's funny, you know, uh, as a kid, Joe, I don't think I completely uh, understood or appreciated the concept of Advent and the preparation for our holiday season. I kind of enjoy the fact that we're starting first week in December, and our special guest is uh, Greg Webster. Um, Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. Great to be here
2: with you and Joe. Thanks for having me.
5: Yeah. So um, just in terms of context, uh, Greg, uh, you know, can you give our listening audience maybe a little bit of your observations about Voices of Faith and why you've become uh, so supportive of the program and the messages
2: we're trying to deliver monthly? Well, yeah, Jim, you and Joe had this idea. I guess I'm going to go back six, eight months ago. And, uh, you know, we don't hear enough, I think, about the, the Catholic Church. And when we do hear about it, at least a lot of it seems to be negative what you read in the paper, what you hear on the radio. And there's so much good that uh, our church does for the community uh, worldwide. And all you have to do is look around at our hospitals, our nursing homes, our colleges and our universities, high schools, et cetera, uh, elementary schools, which, you know, I'm, I'm a product of uh, all Catholic education, my entire career, uh, educational career, and so much good and so many good people doing so many good things. And it's lost. So when you, when you and Joe had this idea, boy, it was an easy one for me to say, I'm in. Uh, and you and Joe do the heavy lifting, I know, and I'm so appreciative of that. But but my support of it was a no-brainer because we got to get the word out.
5: Amen. And it's funny, um, our listening audience wouldn't know of uh, particulars in reference to your background, but would you mind sharing a little bit about the high school experience? I'm blown away by Archbishop Carroll and the Christian brothers and the influence they've had not only on you, but on many associates. I think of uh, Eustace Mead, I think of Ed Morris and Team Hope. Uh, talk a little bit about that high school experience that you had and how it was formulating pretty much who you are today.
2: Yeah, I actually had the fortunate uh, history of, of having the Christian Brothers, both in high school at Archbishop Carl Carroll, and then I went to La Salle University where the Christian Brothers continued there as well, and still do to today. Uh, so you know, the Christian Brothers are are men of just giving of time. They are people who are, as we know, they don't sit up there and say mass, but but they are uh, uh, men of great faith. And and being in the classroom with them for my eight years, uh, I really got to admire the, just how they approach life and everything that they do. To they're there on a very quiet level. Uh, the Christian Brothers, I think that by nature, that's that's who's drawn into that. That sect uh, so they're not out there on the pavement so to speak or, or on, on the on their soapbox but they lead by example and uh, boy I have so many great friends in front the Christian Brother community who I count on as friends and and people that I admire and the way they live their life
5: amen talk to us a little bit about again Greg you know Joe and I have some sense of who you are and and, and, and your history. Talk a little bit about your mom and dad and and their Catholic faith and
2: the formation of, you know, who you are today again. Yeah, I was a, 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 a son, one of three boys, brought up in King of Prussia, Mother of Divine Providence, uh, where, boy, 9 o'clock Sunday Mass was what we did. And... Uh, uh, by the way, just as a funny note, the best part was after masses over, we got to go to the deli where we ordered the, uh, ham and cheese and the fresh rolls and the Jewish pickle. And that was my favorite part, of course, but, but it just was ingrained in me that that is who I am and what my family was about, uh, which continues today. You know, I don't miss mass on Sunday. It is just, uh, it's a place for me to go to reflect. Uh, and I think it helps me be hopefully a better person and, uh, uh, Day in and day out.
3: Greg, one follow-up, if you don't mind, on your reference to the word friends, talking about Christian brothers. Define friends for me. What does that mean?
2: Friends are people that you can tell anything to, I think. and We, have, we all have very close friends. We have casual friends. But when I think of friends, I usually think in terms of my closest friends, who, by the way, all went to Archbishop Carroll, <laughs> one, one Monsignor Bonner guy, uh, <laughs> who still are my, my closest friends today. Who know everything about me and my the the good and the bad and the ugly and I could be myself with so I think it's really Joe sharing whatever is going on in my life and knowing I can count on them if I need them I love it um you
5: know it's funny I, I don't know if you recall, uh, Greg, but you one time told me a, a story about your dad, Don, um, and, and a snowy night and stopping the car to move a, a sled. Can you can you share that with Joe this afternoon? Because uh, it's it's just one of those
2: defining moments of, of a parent's influence on a child. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story, Jim. And I actually didn't know about it until my dad's funeral. Unfortunately, I lost my dad when he was 59. And my older brother, DJ, very gifted, artistic uh, guy, wrote about this story and he, he actually was part of my brother's eulogy of my dad in fact that story is in my office and it hangs there framed uh beautifully written my mom had it done for me but basically it was a snowy christmas excuse me it was a snowy winter night and the family was driving back from my grandmother's which we would traditionally eat at on a sunday sunday evening and the snow was blurring and blowing and uh, my dad saw this bike on the side of the road that was partially in the road. And my brother observed my dad pull the car over. And again, I guess it was just this very um, uh, bad weather night. And my dad pulled over and picked up the bike and put it on the person's front lawn. And my brother said to him, Dad, you know why did you do that? My dad went on to explain that that's just being a good neighbor and it's what you want to do. Uh, but it really struck my brother hard. I guess I was too young to realize what was going on at the time that, you know, nobody saw him do it other than his family, and just leading by example, his his three boys. Wow, that's so, uh,
5: that's so awesome. Do you have a favorite Christmas uh, uh, or holiday uh, advent memory, uh, Greg, other than the big tree and that, that maybe that bike that the uh, mom or dad presented to you?
2: Yeah, it's, you know, I, it, it's waking up Christmas morning. I, I, I guess if I, Without the religious tone, I would say that my fondest memory, and I still have to this day, is when I was very small, my brother Brian and I shared a bedroom, and I remember us looking out, he got on my bed, and we were looking out the window next to my bed, looking for Santa Claus, of course, so I don't know how old we were, I was probably three, he was five, and I just remember looking up into the sky, looking for Santa Claus. Uh, so, you know, that's my memory, really, as a kid. As, a, as you get older, obviously, things change dramatically. And now it's just waking up, and it's really that Christmas dinner with my mom and my brother and my, my mother-in-law and brother-in-law, et cetera, that's, that's very special. That's a, that's, a, that's a great memory. That's a great memory. Our special
3: guest today is Greg Webster as we bring you Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Throughout the show, we'll hear uh, from Ashley Howard, who will deliver Uncommon Coaching. Dan Selecki will be along uh, with our inspirational message. And as we go to a commercial break, more with the Philadelphia Boys Choir.
0: Portions of today's Voices of Faith holiday radio special are being presented by Mike Cleary of TAC Benefits, Linda Rosanio on behalf of Philly Food Rescue, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, and Dr. Jerry Cleary of True North Pediatrics. Voices of Faith continues now with an inspirational endorsement from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes.
8: For my message today, I want to read to you a story that truly moved me. It was a normal rush hour day in the Philadelphia airport. Commuters raced down concourses to make quick connections between major incoming flights to get them home in time for dinner. Men in heavy coats swinging heavy briefcases and women in high heels loaded down with cumbersome shoulder bags skidded around vendors and carts. Corners and counters in a mad rush to reach gates where the doors were already closing. There wouldn't be another flight for at least an hour. They pushed and jostled, bumped, and pounded their way through a jumble of people dashing down the same concourse when in opposite direction. Suddenly, everyone heard the crash. The fruit stand teetered for a moment and then tilted the fruit baskets off the countertop to the floor. Apples and oranges rolled helter-skelter up and down the concourse. Then the girl behind the counter burst into tears, fell to her knees, and began to sweep her hands across the floor searching for the fruit. What am I going to do? She cried. It's all ruined. It's all bruised. I can't sell this. One man, seeing her distressed as he ran by, stopped and came back. Go on, he called to the others, still running up ahead of him down the corridor. I'll catch you later. But you'll miss the flight, they responded. Go on without me, he replied. Seeing how frantic she was, he got down on the floor with the girl and began putting apples and oranges back into baskets. It was then, as he watched her sweep the space with her hands, randomly, frantically, that he realized that she was blind. They're all ruined, she kept saying. The man took $40 out of his pocket, pressed it into her hand. Here, he said as he prepared to go, here's $40 to pay for the damage we've done. The girl straightened up. She began to grope the air, looking for him now. Mr., the bewildered blind girl called out to him, Mr., wait. He paused and turned to look back into those blind eyes. Mr., she said, are you Jesus? As we enter the Christmas season, let us be mindful of the real purpose of the holiday, celebrating the birth of the Son of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Reflecting on this modern-day parable, I pose this question to you. When is the last time someone mistook you for Jesus? As always, stay safe, my friends, and may God bless you all.
0: These are not typical or standard times and the TAC Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. The company is owned and operated by Michael Cleary and Michael and his team are not your standard check the box, put in your time and go home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for TAC clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, community, creativity. It all matters to the folks at TAC. And as we face some incredible challenges in our world today, TAC has decided to do something incredibly different and positive in our community. They've created the TAC Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. TAC Benefits Group would like to congratulate Tim Turner and One Kind Act a Month, October's Hometown Hero Award winner. One Kind Act a Month raises awareness of homelessness and inspires people to be helpful in their communities. One Kind Act makes positive change in the community by offering food, clothes, housing, and jobs to the needy and the homeless. You can commit One Kind Act a Month by going to their website and learn how you can help. It's that time of year. It's time for your company to meet Kissler Tiffany, and it's time for your employees to appreciate the right benefits package for their families as 2021 arrives. Get in touch with Mike Troy of Kissler Tiffany and let him help your company experience the power generated by one of the largest benefit firms in the Delaware Valley. Kissler Tiffany, a one digital company. Email Mike at ktbenefits.com. Kissler Tiffany, helping employers provide for employees. It's that time of the year.
3: And welcome back, everyone, to Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jimmy Brown, we are blessed to be able to deliver 60 minutes of programming, one hour a month, uh, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Of all of the voices, Uh, that have been part of Voices of Faith. We're proud and pleased to have Greg Webster uh, with us for uh, the full show today. And a reminder, coming up in segment number four, you go one-on-one with Archbishop Perez. Really good seven-minute conversation, that coming up as well.
5: Well, you know, Joe, as I said at the top of the show, um, the Archbishop has had a significant impact on just the way I behave. Um, His central theme is, you know, trust and hope. And I love his explanation around those concepts because Greg, he's not talking about trust and hope in like a fairy tale way. He's talking about trust and hope in terms of his belief in Jesus Christ. And I don't want to sound too heavy. Uh, I want to have a celebratory um, um, uh, holiday show here, Christmas show. But the truth of the matter is, this isn't about um, the the Christmas tree. It's about the birth of Christ. And um, I'm going to throw a question to you, Greg. It's fascinating. Uh, the Archbishop, the first or second time I met him, he said, Jimmy, the only there's only one real question you have to answer in your life. It's the Jesus question, you know. Uh, you know, Who is Jesus in your life? And um, that'll dictate everything. Have you had that moment, Greg, where you've kind of reflected on, oh my God, my Catholic faith, Jesus. You mentioned earlier the the work that um, the Catholic Church has done with education and, and health care and things of that nature. Back to the question, you know, uh, only one real question in our life. Who is Jesus
2: Christ? What's your reflection on that? Uh, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, I'm a, he is our Lord. I mean, I, I, I think we all pray, and it's those quiet times where I'm best focused on the Lord. I know that you know, I feel like he's put me, you, Joe, all of us here for a reason, and it's to make everyone else's lives better. Uh, that's the mission. I think we should have every day in our lives, whatever that means. It could be a sweet hello to somebody on the street, on the elevator. It could be acknowledging a homeless person sitting on you know, the sidewalk, and just acknowledging them so that they understand that they're a person and that we respect them. Uh, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, I—he came here for us. He came and he suffered on the cross. And you know, when I think in a human uh, way. About what he went through for us, and uh, whether it's the feeling i I, I think about the feeling of nails being driven through his hands or through his feet and hanging there. How can we not be blown away by the amazing sacrifice that he experienced as a human being? And uh, you know, that's where I want to go when it's all over. I want to be next to him. I want to be with that, with my my dad and my older brother and all those people, but I want to be with the Lord when this is all over because this is such a short run.
3: Greg, do you ever feel as though that unconditional faith that we have or that we're supposed to have, do you ever feel as though you would be challenged to hold on to that faith or maybe you have in life?
2: I, I guess it would be very natural to wonder if the story of Christ is just that, a story. Uh, and when you think in terms of the world, the universe, the galaxies, and the thousands of galaxies, the billions of galaxies, uh, you know, it would be easy to get lost in that. But but uh, I haven't really questioned it very much, Joe, because... Uh, I read the stories of the gospel, and boy, this person, this, this Jesus Christ who came, man, he is the real deal. And the parables and whatnot, so if, if, if you ever venture off and you need to be pulled back, I would recommend anybody reading the gospels, particularly the, the New Testament, for me. Uh, and and uh, this place, this world, this universe wasn't created on its own. I believe in a higher being and I believe Jesus Christ and God are those. It's interesting, Greg, you've had some, you know, I'd say significant curveballs
5: in your life. Losing your father when he was only 59 is one. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the impact of maybe your brother passing uh, DJ? I mean, that's uh, wow, I don't know many people that have gone through that kind of an experience and come out on the other side.
2: Yeah, it, it, so DJ uh, at the time was 40, 44 at the time. He was running on the beach in California. Uh, by the way, DJ, Archbishop Carroll, St. Joseph University uh, guy, uh, had a seizure. One thing led to another, brain cancer. And at the age of 46, my brother passed away. His sons at the time were probably 6 and 8, mm-hmm. I would guess, or 7 and 9. Uh, devastating blow for all of us, obviously. And boy... Yeah, we've all had those pains, you know, losing family members or devastating news or whatever it is. And the first person I talked turned to was God, you know, that DJ is in a better place or my dad is in a better place. Uh if you don't have faith at that time, boy, I can't imagine the emptiness I would have felt, Jim. So so God really pulled me through it uh because you have to question why. But, but there's a reason for it. And, uh, you know, we had 46 wonderful years with my brother. That's the way I look at it. And 59 wonderful years with my dad. And uh, you need your faith at that time to really help you get through it. And it did. Yeah. How, how old were you when that occurred, Craig? So I'm five years younger than my brother. So I would have been 41. And I was 26 when my dad passed away. Bees. That's but, amazing, you yeah. Know, hard on my mom, obviously, uh, you know, the greatest uh, effect is on my mom, who was 58 at the time my dad passed. So, you know, you got to be there strong. And I think our strength allows us, allowed my mom, to carry on, both in the, you know, the loss of my dad and my brother.
3: When you turned, when, when, in those moments, Greg, when you turned uh, to God, what did you say? Do you ask them why, or do, you, or do you just reinforce your belief? How do you do that?
2: Yeah, I never ask why. I'm not a person who says, why me, why my brother, why my dad? It was really, I know that there's a plan. I believe there's a plan for all of us, whenever that is. Uh, and my my strength is knowing that there's heaven for us, Joe. So that, it gives me that knowing that we're not, we weren't just here to, to live life on earth. We're, we're meant for a higher calling, and I hope that means going to heaven. Where uh, so, 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 believing in that and having this, that gives me the strength and the comfort, really. Really, comfort, I guess, is the greatest word I would use in seeing those things happen and being able to deal with it. It's funny. Um, if you recall, Greg,
5: um, one of my conversations with Father Rob, not too long ago, uh, father Rob, for those of you who have not heard of this uh, gentleman, uh, is um, um, uh, a pretty big name at uh, Villanova University. And um, Anyway, he talked about the concept of you know adversity being an opportunity for us to grow. In some ways, um, growth occurs when a father passes, when a sibling passes. Was there any striking moment for you through that period of time, either one of them, uh, witnessing your mom or your brother, Brian, uh, kind of... Making that journey and maybe a turn for the for the better, I mean I know both of them they're full, happy, healthy people these days, so something positive must have come from that that dark moment
2: well, when my brother d j passed uh our our first child Jake was born a month later Wow, so you know look, what a blessing that was, and you know at that time, I reflected seeing how young my brother's sons were when he passed, I think you figure, boy, you never know and make every moment count, wherever it is, but particularly with your children. So uh, here I am 19 years later, uh, fortunate to be here with, with all of my family. But I think it taught me, you know, count your blessings and do what's right every day. And don't look, in, you know, don't look down the road, but, but be a good father day one. Uh, which my brother was, but uh, I think it taught me that, Jimmy.
5: Yeah, it's funny, Joe, as I kind of witness you in the father role, uh, you know, you've got um you know a, a whole tribe of kids. Um, do you have that special Christmas or uh, advent memory with uh, with your with your children?
3: I just think what we do collectively together every day um, for others, is our most meaningful time with Krause's coach, and, and and that to me has been the most powerful thing. My daughter Kateri is named after after the Catholic saint Kateri Tekawatha. and if you go back and read the story, and I don't want to get too long, I don't want to get long winded, but if you go back and read Kateri Tekawatha's story, you'll find that she that her whole life was built on giving and taking care of others, and my daughter Kateri resembles that process to a T and it's an amazing thing for my wife and I to to understand and to appreciate to this day she wants for nothing everything she has she wants to give away and she constantly wants to look out for someone else pretty amazing stuff well it's funny Joe. we're blast Jimmy I mean listen we sit at home uh, for the holidays And we realize how blessed we are. And we don't want
5: the blessings. Hmm. We want to give those blessings to others. It's amazing. It is. It's funny, too, because not just Kateri, but... All of your kids. I mean, the whole concept of men for others and the Jesuit education you provided for the boys. Talk a little bit about that. We've heard about the Christian brothers from Greg. Hey, oh, this
3: is Greg Webster's show, brother. Not, oh, not my show, but yeah. uh, no, all good, man. Uh, listen, both boys went to St. Joe's Prep. Uh, both boys live that model every single day. Um as we speak, you know, they, they look for ways to help other people on a daily basis. And that to me is all I care about. At the end of the day, Jimmy, when we leave this world, when I leave this world, I want to know that my boys and my kids are looking out for others. And when they do that, all
5: good, man. Well, the only reason I drew, drew you into the conversation, Joe, was because the, yeah, you never I,
3: do that, by the way. The,
5: and the, the entire year, you've talked about me talking too much, which is great because now I got a little bit of one-two <laughs> back at you. See now I straightened him out, Craig? Well, sixty
3: right. seconds to the break, brother. Finish up with Craig. Greg,
5: uh, Greg, if you you know, sixty seconds. Parting thoughts on not just um, the holiday season and 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 the celebration that we're doing this particular month with Voices of Faith, but can you give us? A re- and maybe even a repeat of, of your, um, your enthusiasm and the encouragement that you've given Joe and I and all of us on this program through the course of the year because believe me, we need it. It's a, it's a labor of love and we have so many people contributing. Your reflections
2: on Voices of Faith thus far. Yeah, for, for those that, ha- that haven't listened, boy, it, I got to tell you, it's, it's probably my favorite hour of the month. Uh, I get my car and I tune it in. Nobody's around me and I just listen and you understand there's so many good people that you've brought onto the show whose stories, you know, are just really, really cool. Um, and you almost feel guilty because you say, wow, I'm not doing enough. You know, I am not doing enough. And I think it, it pushes me to do more. Uh, you had Diane Hoffman on uh, last, the last show and uh, how she takes herself down to Kensington, uh Boy, I, you know, how cool, what a, what a woman, you yeah. know, to be doing that in a community where mm. she doesn't have to do that, but you know what, she wants to give back. So I would say it pushes me to do more, Jim. Uh, so keep up the great work because um, um, this is a show that everybody should listen to.
3: Greg Webster, our very special guest on this edition of Voices of Faith. It's our holiday special here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, When we come back, Jimmy Brown, one-on-one with Archbishop Perez, back in the morning.
1: HD 3 Philadelphia. Live from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios. This is Talk Radio 1210
2: WPHT.
0: Uncommon Coaching with LaSalle Basketball Head Coach Ashley Howard.
6: Hello, this is Ashley Howard, and I appreciate you joining me for Chapter 6 of Uncommon Coaching. In Chapter 6, we're going to talk about the theme of serving others. First John chapter four, verse 19. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. There's no one who served us more than Jesus Christ. Everything that he did, he did so that we can live a life as sinners as he died on the cross for all of us, the ultimate sacrifice. It is our responsibility as Christians to remember that it's our obligation to serve others, be a person who is looking to give to others more than receive. This past weekend, our team did a food distribution drive in our local community. There was no greater gratification that I could get as a coach than to see the joy that it gave our players to serve our community in need. There's so many people in our community during this time that are down on their luck going through difficult times. To extend ourselves as a LaSalle campus community to our surrounding Philadelphia community and provide nourishing meals, boxes of fresh produce, other essential food items to families who desperately need it was one of the most gratifying feelings I could ever explain. But to watch our players serve and take such gratitude in doing so gave me even more uh, sense of pride, joy, and I really appreciate just the opportunity to be in a position to utilize our platform to help others. Service to our community, service to our families, service to others will always come back to us tenfold. The Lord will always be our provider. Thank you for sharing and being a part of this Chapter 6 of Uncommon Coaching. Ashley Howard signing off. Thank you. Voices of
0: Faith celebrates the holiday with this flashback to the Pyramid Club Luncheon in October.
5: Brian Taft from uh, 6ABC and Bernie Prezenek, uh, who, uh, who runs the operation, and has been a dear friend of mine for over 30 years. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your personal involvement with PAL? Because I want our listening audience to understand that you're not just quote-unquote a businessman, that you're a human being who
8: brings much to the party. PAL is, the secret sauce of PAL is that it is uh, police, it's cops helping kids, and there is a police officer at every one of these centers and they are creating a relationship with young people um, well before that relationship could turn in some other direction. And it's, uh, it's incredibly meaningful.
3: And the sights and sounds of the Philadelphia Boys Choir contributing to our holiday edition of Voices of Faith. Spending some quality time with Greg Webster. Jimmy Brown spent some good quality time, as he always does every month, with Archbishop Perez. Here's that
5: conversation. Good morning, Archbishop. Uh, excited to be with you uh, today. Great um, to be with you, Jim. Yeah, and, um, you know, it it's, uh, it's Advent season. And boy, oh boy, I don't know what it was like in your house around our Catholic faith. That was the, uh, that was the, 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 the biggest thing ever in the course of the, of the year, the season. And, you know, not just buying a Christmas tree or who was going to get the big fat gift. It was really more about the birth of Christ.
4: Absolutely right.
5: And um, just to kind of engage you with our audience even closer, do you have a favorite uh, family memory around the holiday season, the Advent season, the Christmas season that you could share with our audience?
4: Well, you know, for, uh, for those of us who are of a uh, Hispanic Latin background, um, the night before, Christmas Eve, like the Italian community, right? Yes. We gather for a big meal. And, and that's really one of my uh, most powerful memories of Christmas, that we would gather. And it, and it always had the same rhythm, right? Because we gathered around two tables. We gathered around our family table, uh, and then we, t- and then after that dinner, then we went to midnight mass, wow. and we gathered around another table, uh, because it was very clear in my home that we couldn't celebrate the birthday of Christ without Christ. Right? Amen. Like you, we we wouldn't do that, right? Would we? Would we celebrate someone's birthday and not invite them to their party? No
5: way. It would be absurd. It would be absurd.
4: It would be. We just wouldn't even think about that, right? <laughs> uh, So think about that in Christmas, Yeah, that there's a, uh, you know, there is a part of Christmas that's become very secular and it's celebrating a birthday without the birthday boy. Yeah. But it wasn't like that in in my home and it still isn't, Um, you know. So those those Saturday, those Christmas Eve, I'm sorry, Christmas Eve gatherings of the family uh, around this incredible meal uh, in preparation for another table, which was the Lord's table. As we gathered for uh, for mass was was very powerful and and very a great blessing.
5: Yeah, it's interesting. Each family has its own dynamic around those particular celebrations. Let's say, and in our house, uh, it was always a joyful time. And it's funny that you referenced the midnight mass. I had kind of forgotten about the midnight mass. But mm-hmm. uh, St. Williams, I know that you spent some time St. Right, Williams yeah, Parish.
4: Yeah, years. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, it's funny because man, that was always a uh, what would you call it? Um, there was an excitement around that as a young boy. I mean, we would never stay up to midnight, right, and right. we were celebrating the birthday boy. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting to me too. Uh, you know, before we started, we talked a little bit about uh, St. Charles Seminary and St. Martin, and um, let's say doing a good deed for someone in need. Can you can you talk a little bit about the artwork out at St. Charles?
4: Uh, well, the, the chapel, the main chapel, is uh, is is named after St. Martin of Tours. It was a military man. Right, who one day, uh, riding on his horse, confronts a beggar. Right, and he takes uh, his cloak, and cuts it in half, and gives the beggar half of his cloak, his military cloak. And later, later that night, then he has a dream that that cloak was Christ.
5: Yeah, yeah. The gentleman gave.
4: It's Matthew twenty fifth, twenty five. Right. Right. You know, you fed me, you gave me water, you visited me, because what we do for the least of my brethren we do for the Lord. Amen.
5: And, uh, you know, it's funny, um, Archbishop, you're so busy with so many things. I want to continue to give you positive feedback from our listening audience, because um, let's say two weeks ago, I ran into a gentleman who who talked about the messages that you provide and how it's just encouraging to him. And it goes back to the St. Martin story and the cloak, like, you know, Jesus, he's out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, can you talk a little bit about now in this role as the archbishop, you have this huge responsibility for all these schools and churches and so forth and so on. And yet every day you're experiencing, I think, um, seeing the, the the face of Christ. Can you give us a little insight around that? Being well,
4: Absolutely, Jim. I see the face of Christ, you know, as I celebrate the Eucharist, I see the face of Christ. With the people that I work with and walk with and accompany, I see the people, the face of Christ in, in the lives of the people I visit in in parishes. You know, it it, it is what we celebrate in Christmas, right? That that God at the at the end is is Emmanuel, mm-hmm. that God is with us. Yes, that Christ is God is with us and He's Emmanuel, and and that face of Christ is all around us. You can't escape Him actually.
5: No way, and. It's funny, your message of trust and and hope has, um, it's been reborn, I think, for many of our listeners, myself included, because I think what happens is in the day-to-day grind of life and COVID and all the insanity, isn't it wonderful that we have um,
4: the Advent season? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that the Lord becomes present in our history. You know, this year, 2020, has been a tough year between pandemics and politics and then our personal lives, Yeah, you know, it's been a tough, tough year. It's like, when is this year going to be done? And some some of us would say, right? Yeah. Well, actually, in a short time, it's going to be done. Uh, but what has been the constant? The constant is that the Lord is in our midst, uh, helping us in these ups and downs and, and all these things that have been really challenging uh, to families, you know, that the Lord is with us, that and and that's a great source of consolation.
5: Yeah, and I think the whole concept of uh, trust and hope, for me personally, I go to sleep at night right now with a little more comfort mm-hmm. because because there's this uh, wonderful reminder, this, this program that we've put together, Voices of Faith, and your contributions have been rich. I hope you understand the impact you're having on folks you don't even see because I'm seeing them often and... They have huge smiles on their face.
4: Thank you. Thank you so on. much, Mr. Joy.
5: And our final visit back here on Voices of Faith during the
3: month of December. Oh, what a year it has been, Jimmy Brown. There's been a lot of highs. There's been a lot of lows, a lot of peaks, uh, and a lot of valleys. But we are here right now in God's grace delivering a good message.
5: Yes, and uh, with one of our special guests, Greg Webster, um, love closing the year with Greg as a um, as a contributor.
3: Perhaps to the our biggest voice of the year, Jimmy.
5: Amen. I agree. I agree. Um, and I don't know if I share this with you, uh, Joe, but uh, Greg and I do intend to sing a little bit at the end of the program. <laughs> I know that's a off-the-track kind of a thing, but we're going to get that done. Um, Greg, if I could just kind of turn to you for a moment in terms of a a holiday message um, for our listening audience. You know, you referenced earlier um, the concept of doing our best to be our best. You referenced um, you know, some of the histor- the history in your family in terms of you know being a, a family of uh, givers not takers. What can you, what can you tell our, our listening audience in the in the midst of crazy COVID uh, 19 and how uh, many curveballs we've all been thrown yourself included.
2: Yeah, it's been a, boy, what a year. Um, you know, it's affected certainly our business, um, but but on a personal level, I think it, it's really made me even closer to God and to the Lord uh, because you, you you have more quiet time. You know, the, the, there wasn't football on for a while. There wasn't all these, all these, I'll call it distractions, whatever it was on television, and you ended up spending more time in solitude, so, I, and, and I've continued down that path. You know, I haven't gone back to my old ways, so to speak. So I, I've used it as a real springboard, I believe, to getting closer to God with more time, quiet time, Jimmy. And whether that's praying, reading a prayer book, or just reflecting and talking to God. I, I forget which, which, which saint said, you don't have to pray, you could just talk to God. And I can't remember who it was. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a conversation. And boy, when I walk out of my bedroom after doing that, I feel like uh, I feel really, really good. I can't put my finger on it, but it kind of clears my head. It's interesting. One
5: of the questions Joe asked one of our guests um, through the course of our, our year together, uh, and I thought it was an awesome question. He asked our guest to reflect on um, that, that moment after uh, Holy Communion. Which is always a special moment for me. Is there anything that, that you experience in that, in that particular uh, moment of grace, let's call it?
2: When I'm receiving Holy Communion? Right after just,
5: you're receiving Holy Communion and you're just walking down the aisle and then you go yeah. and sit
2: and kneel. It's the, it's the kneeling. When I get back to my, my aisle and I kneel and there's certain prayers I go through. Praying for particularly, usually someone or people uh, really in dire medical situations and, and Saint Rita is my favorite uh, uh, saint to pray for, the, the, the saint of roses and miracles. So, and after I get through that list of people that really need her help, and I've seen evidence where it does work, um, that's my special moment after communion, praying to Saint Rita. Wow, that's a pretty pretty
5: powerful moment. Um, final thoughts as we kind of close our, our our segment here, uh, Greg. You know, I reflect on on Beth and Hannah and Jake and the small circle of uh, family that you that you uh, super serve through the course of your life. Um, if you were to give them a message, a holiday message, as we kind of depart here this morning
2: or this afternoon, rather. So uh, Hannah is adopted. She's 17, also goes to Archbishop Carol. And I'm a p- pretty big pro-life guy, Jimmy. So uh, I will stand down in front of Planned Parenthood. And, you know, sometimes you get accosted or you get challenged by people why am I there? What? Yeah. You know, what? What's a What's a guy like me know about a woman that's pregnant? And all like it gives me that opportunity to say, Hey. Eighteen years ago, my wife and I get a call. A young lady, a little baby is born. It's our daughter Hannah, and the next day we went down to get her. Okay, and we actually had dinner with her birth parents. Wow. A week later, and you talk about people that that sacrificed, they carried Hannah to term. And because they couldn't provide the kind of life financially or whatever their situation was, they gave us their daughter. Boy, if you don't think Beth and May and Jake have something to be grateful for, that is our story. So, so if, if I do anything, I would, I would say uh, the story of Hannah uh, is our gift. For Christmas. Wow, that's a wonderful
3: story. What a great way to end Voices of Faith and to end 2020 with Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we uh, say goodbye uh, to everyone uh, as uh, profiled and as promised. Uh, Jimmy Brown's vocals leading into Um, the Philadelphia Boys Choir. That's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith on behalf of our very special guest, Greg Webster, on behalf of Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause. Believe in
5: hope, everyone. See you next time. Silent night, holy night, all so bright. All so light the Hallelujah,
1: Hallelujah.
0: Thanks for listening to this special edition of Voices of Faith. In collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia, we thank the Philadelphia Boys Choir as you enjoy this performance. A Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect
8: the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.